0: It's one nation with trills and wills Andy, trills.
1: And Jordan Wilson. I'm good. Trills, how are you? I'm
0: good. I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm in a very serious. Oh,
1: mood. so I shouldn't ask you a question? Out a question? for you.
0: What questions do you have?
1: I was just like, cause I'm using this podcast as a time for us to like get to know each other better as well <laughs> and be friends. I was just wondering if you had like a pet peeve or like like I just wanted to really actually be like, oh Andy, this is our pet peeve
0: uh well firstly i have many pet peeves (laughs) uh do you know you watch ever watch family guy and there's like that one segment of what's grinding my gears i feel like i should i could have an entire dozen it's just what's grinding andy's gears what's the
1: biggest one uh well it
0: actually feeds into today's show (laughs) politicians
1: love it look how this worked out look at god look how this just
0: see how it all came together oh this is nice Listen, uh, I I have to commend the players, the the women's players who went and spoke at the Heritage Committee. I thought they did so very eloquently. I think the women have been very consistent in their messaging. They have. And that was Quinn, Christine St. Clair, Janine Becky, and Sophie Schmidt. And then enter the politicians. And I thought it was just really um, unfortunate. I thought they asked some questions that were a little bit unfair. Like, these are just questions that the players, you know, don't have answers to. Um, and I, I just thought there was a lot of grandstanding, there was a lot of attacking the Minister of Sport, uh, Pascal St. Ange, because she's part of the Liberal Party, Liberal Party, where you know, Prime Minister's so Liberal. On. There was just a lot of political agendas that I was like, nah, do not get this mixed up into all of that. That I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like that at all. Um, But again, I feel like the women have been very consistent, you know, with their messaging and equal treatment and access to equal resources and pay equity and wanting more than anything to build back the trust Mm. or build trust. Some may argue just flat out build trust with their governing body in Canada soccer. That was really a main takeaway.
1: Well, that that stood out to me. I listened to it. I even watched it back just to get you brave some notes. brave soul just to get some notes, right? The first time I heard it some things went over my head. I need to really understand um, But something Janine said is that there's no trust and she was talking about with Canada soccer Now I even think about the deal which we'll get into or just moving forward because you know I'm all about solutions naturally just being an optimist. I always tell you I just want things to be I want everyone to be happy cool, but having her saying that there's no trust between canada soccer and the women's national team helps me feel that or has me to believe that even if a deal is reached there's still so much work that needs to be done between <laughs> mm. them, between the two entities <laughs> and moving forward it's because if you don't trust who you're working for you're always thinking oh are they doing something sly they're going to do something behind our back are they going to be true to what they're saying it's it's just a recipe for disaster. So things need to be figured out in that sense. And I think everyone keeps talking about transparency, but it's open, honest communication, mm-hmm. openness, coming to a table, talking about it. And not just saying this is one thing, let's go away. Maybe right some wrongs. Maybe apologies need to be had. But just having the game move forward. Because in an ideal world, you would want this to be taken care of soon and having a, a next year or two it going in the right direction. You don't want a decade of of players just having this disdain with Canada soccer. It does nothing for the future of the game. It does nothing for the players that have been playing. So I'm really just hoping that that trust could really be mended.
0: There's another kind of olive branch that needs to be extended because you're right. I mean, if you look at the deal, which Canada soccer put out, the day of that the women were speaking at the heritage community, um, committee. And I admit that I'm a jaded journalist who has covered many labor disputes. So that was just part of the playbook of labor disputes. There was yeah. nothing about the timing of it that surprised me, uh, in any way, shape or form, nor do I think the women weak, No, that a statement would come out and rattle them. Give me a break. And that's
1: also a bit disrespectful to think that
0: women are strong. Like and sure. Janine, it was, and Janine's face said it all when, the politicians asked, like, what did you make? And she just kind of gave a smirk, like, whatever. Like, you know, not stooping to that level. Uh-uh, like this. Brush it off? Brushing it off the shoulder. Okay. That, because women are strong. But, and to me, it's also just, just like I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but I also just wouldn't be surprised if on March 20th, when Canada Soccer has to go in front of the Heritage Committee, that the players release something. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Literally part of the playbook. Um, but you know, that that statement, comes out. And, and to your point, that's a nice olive branch. That's a really nice deal. You know, when we when we look at it, equal appearance fees for the mm-hmm. men and women, equal bonus, win bonuses attached to that, uh, the pooling and sharing yeah. of prize money, which again, you know, the men need to be part of that conversation and they have to agree to that. Uh, and then of course, the amending of the CSB contract and CSB coming on board as well to understand changes to the deal and increment funding moving forward because they too really wanna make this work. So there's a lot about that deal that you're going, this is looking really good. I believe they even mentioned it would make them like the second highest paid federation. Under
1: the US, yeah.
0: But to your point, there is another olive branch and that's just the human Mm. part of it. Like someone sit down. Like this is not an us versus them. Yes, you're the governing body, but these are your players who wear the country's colors with pride. Yeah. Let's just sit down and have a conversation. Let them know that you respect them. Let them know that you love them. I'm not trying to get cheesy here. It's true. You love them and you love their commitment. Let that be known.
1: And, and a disagreement in any form, when there's been years of, of people, male, female, whatever, feeling that there's been mistrust or that you don't value them, that, that, is context as well it's not something where oh this happened and you did me wrong or you did me dirty for a week if you're talking about years right there's that emotion tied to it mm-hmm. that's so it's so ingrained in, in situations so you could have a deal but in context it's like hey you've been wronging us for so long that like I do not even trust you or you're you can't even see maybe the light at the end of the tunnel because you're so fixed on you're what scarred. has happened you're scarred yeah. Um, and that, that for me, again, is I hope I'm explaining that um, eloquently or, or properly, but it's just how the emotion behind it is that if you've wronged someone for so long, that's just what comes to it. That's, a, that's what you feel.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that that'll explain a lot why the players as well. Are hesitant, you know, even with the quote unquote new leadership because they don't feel like it's so new. I mean, yeah. that's something that they'll have to work out behind closed doors and and figure out who they do trust and the process moving forward, perhaps of electing a president. There's been some talk of, of changing the bylaws. As we know, you have to sit on the board for a year. Maybe that changes moving forward. Uh, they do have their annual meeting that will happen in May. There was something that came up. there were a few things that came up. and you know one in particular obviously, and rightfully so, you know the politicians wanted to make sure, hey, you're here. Did Canada soccer threaten you? Yeah, <laughs> right like, um, and, and did uh, you know the minister of sport Pascal Saint-Ange, did she reach out? and why have you not followed up? And you know, Quinn said, no, 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 there's been no threats, but there was a, a concern. Mm-hmm. If we did follow up with St. Ange, because once you get the government involved and they start going through certain paperwork, there is a concern that it'll be in conflict with FIFA's like anti-government meddling yeah. rule. Chuckle as you may with FIFA and wanting to keep things kosher. <laughs> <laughs> I'll chuckle. <sighs> Anyways, but that rule does exist. And it really, it was really meant for, you know, countries where there could truly be political meddling in the federations and really trying to prevent that. And I I don't know, I don't like, I I will just say right now, I personally don't like the rule. I can understand the philosophy behind it, but I think whenever it's been implemented, it's only just made the players Suffer, right? because FIFA steps in and just suspends them. Mm -hmm. So that's why Canada soccer expressed that concern because if government was considered interfering meddling with Canada soccer business, would FIFA step in and say, all right, you're banned, You're, you're, you're suspended from competing in the women's world cup. So there is that concern because FIFA has done that. But I don't necessarily agree with the rule by FIFA either. And I don't agree with the implementation. Like take, I think it was like last year, They ended up suspending, like, Zimbabwe Soccer Federation because the government got involved, but the government had to get involved. The coaches were being accused, and there was proof of sexual assault, but it was an old boys club that was keeping them all in in jobs, so the government had to get involved to literally start, you know, criminally charging these people. And then FIFA like, oh, government got involved. And it's like, well, no, that, they have to. Yeah. <laughs> like that was horrible. <laughs> what, oh my God, and I'm laughing here, I disbelief. Not because, anyway, so I, that is the rule. The rule exists for many people who may have been watching that going, what are they talking about? That is a rule. It was meant to protect federations from political meddling, but I don't necessarily think it's been applied properly either. So that's kind of where I am with that.
1: How do you feel about, um, okay, two things. First one, how do you feel about a retired player um, being on Canada soccer, like with the, with the board, like how that works, if it can work? I know I'm new to the party, but yeah. I was just thinking of like bridging the gap, right? Sometimes when you have one body and another body, it's nice to have something in the middle. When I'm hearing um, the players speak, I'm like, it'd be nice if they had someone that they could trust and look up to. And that was a liaison between Canada soccer and the women's national team. How do you feel about, or where do you feel like we should go with in terms of having a retired player, like on the board? Of
0: course, uh, I, I, and there, there should be more, um, but here's the thing. Sometimes it's easier said than done. And it is worth reiterating that these are volunteer positions. And mm-hmm. I have spoken to some former players who have been approached to be part of the board, but it takes away from their job. It is a time commitment yeah. for some of them that they simply cannot give. I'm not saying that they were wrong to turn it down. That is their prerogative. They have, they have jobs, they have mm-hmm. other things that are, are going on. I just think that it's easier said than done to be like, well this, you know, and, and I've fallen into that too. Because of, of course I'm gonna continue to stress that alumni need to be part of this. Right. And I do think that former players should be involved more. But I also do think that that is it is a little easier said than done because these are volunteer positions. And for some people, that is not a time commitment they are able to give. So we have to be sensitive to that, too. So it's not an easy fix. I think a lot of people just think it's an easy fix. There's a a need for
1: it because there is (laughs) a huge need for it because. No one knows what players go through, other than players. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's something coaches have said. It's like even when you're you get benched or whatever it might be, you could go home to your partner, and they're just like, "Oh, well, just keep training or work hard." Mm-hmm. Or this is happening. When you're a player, you're in that that bubble that only really players or coaches who have played or been around the game they understand. So having a liaison, I feel like, is a, a good step in the, in the, in the maybe it's in the an right alumni direction.
0: association. It's like maybe good. that's something where they can, you know, obviously come up with their own scheduling, but in some way still have it be parallel to the board so they can all be on the same page with, yeah. when they need certain messaging to go through. But maybe that's what's part of the bylaw changing. And maybe you have an association that's formed. Um, a big one, though, that came out of the meeting, I think, was what Christine St. Clair had to say about Nick Bontis, where you know she was yes. tasked with coming up with the concerns that the women have, and then you know she had later said, Nick Bontis, quote, "What was Christine Sinclair bitching about?" How do you feel when you hear that?
1: Uh, well, I, I I giggle not because I think it's funny, but it just makes me a bit uncomfortable because if you're voicing your opinions or you're voicing your concerns or how things you would like to to be better, and then someone refers to it as bitching. Um, I could see how we're in a position now where the, the women are saying, hey, you haven't heard us. Mm-hmm. We've tried to voice our concerns and this is a plan of action. Um, so for that, I feel like even now that he has resigned, even if an apology, apology needs to be expressed, I think that's something that, that needs to happen. If he said it under his breath, regardless, if that came out of his mouth, mm. it, it needs to be dealt with.
0: That's really hurtful because when you are expressing concerns, it's, those are clearly emotional and near and dear to the heart. And by the way, you've been asked by your leader, exactly. your governing body to bring these concerns and then to be dismissed that way. Yeah, I think it's very hurtful, which it stresses that there was a need for change. And Nick Montes has resigned. And that is a step towards that because that, that, that's just something a president simply cannot say. Mm-hmm. Clearly, you cannot say that seriously. And you cannot say that as a joke, even if you think it's funny. It is simply not funny. And that's why there was a call for leadership change. And examples like that, you can see why. Another thing that was brought up, now this kind of made me chuckle, but in like a haha, like again. <laughs> a different chuckle. Politicians don't really know how things work in the sports world because they and this and I didn't like and I didn't like this at all because it was like they were trying to turn the players against their own coach, Bev Priestman. I know. When they talked about selecting, you know, your okay. own coach, and we there is no secret here, Jordan. We know because we discussed it on our show. Rian Wilkinson was up for the job. We know it didn't work out, and it apparently did not end well either. The communication between Ryan and Canada soccer. And this is a good Canadian talent that then went overseas, you know, for England and then ended up coaching in the NWSL. Uh, but Bev Priestman came on board and clearly, you know, it's a good thing. They won Olympic gold. I don't know any sports world, be it with your national team or your pro team, where the players choose the coach. Let's, let's say this, Trills.
1: Um, I honestly, I'm not trying to suck up. I think you're a fantastic human being, right? And I'm pretty dope myself. But we love, get coached, need different things just as human beings. To have 23 people agree on the right person is very difficult. You might need tough love. I know as a player I needed it. Um, Some people need to be coddled, usually the strikers. (laughs) Like you need different people. To choose one person that's perfect for every single person is – is next to impossible. You need someone who shares a passion, who wants to push the group forward, who has the man management, woman management skills to really ignite the group. But having players, I, I, I was looking at that, I said, well, what's, what's going on here? What, mm. what kind of question is that? So there was a bit, it was a bit.
0: And it bothered me because I'm like, well, what did you want the players to do? Like go up in arms and then suddenly now, like whether you realize it or not, you've indirectly had them just crap all over Bev Priestman. What are you doing? Anyways, I promised myself I wasn't going to make this all about coming down hard on the politicians. I think I did okay.
1: You did all right. Pretty well. I think I did okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm about to go off. So I'm going to stop. And I'm just going to say, so now the players have spoken in front of the Heritage Committee. And come March 20th, uh, representatives of Canada Soccer will speak in front of the Heritage Committee. So, of course, we'll continue to keep an eye on that story with Canada soccer as it unfolds. But right now, we have ourselves a very special guest. That would be Jacob Schaffelberg, who you can see there on your monitor. joining us here on One Nation, now of Nashville. And please, can you just move your head to the side a little bit so we can appreciate the moulet.
1: The mullet.
0: That you have growing in.
1: Mullet magician. Look at him. Is this a Nashville thing?
0: Like, are you doing it because you're in Nashville? or Are you like... I'm doing. I'm doing this because I like mullets.
2: Um, I've kind of always wanted to do one, but uh, Jacob, 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 I just never did it until I came here, and um, I thought I was the right place to do it as well. Nashville <laughs> mullets and everything. I have the curls in the back, so I thought it would be. I thought I had the hair for it, so why not do it?
1: Like Jacob, are you pulling up to training with like a cowboy hat and all sorts and boots, or like what, what's going on? No, not yet.
2: Not yet. I haven't a full, full Nashville. Oh. I'm taking it in strides.
0: Jeez. I always ask people this though who go to Nashville because um, I've been there for work only sadly, but have you visited Tootsie's yet?
2: I have not. I have not yet.
0: Okay. I know I,
2: I, I got to go then.
0: Yeah. Well quick little story my experience in Nashville I went there thinking I was buying authentic cowboy boots I was so proud of my purchase came home looked at the tag made in Quebec. So you know <laughs> what? Canadians yeah. still make the best cowboy boots. Um, I want to I go back in time a little bit with you, Jacob, because I may or may not have said uh, on one of our shows that I didn't think it was very smart uh, for Toronto FC to let you go. You did say that. I did say that. That's co- that's confirmed. What was that whole ordeal like? Like, take us back in time where here you are, you were Toronto FC, things are looking good for you, um, and you go on loan, this move happens, and now you're, you're permanently with... Nashville what experience was that like as a player
2: Um I don't I think it was pretty good um considering how other moves and loans go down um I was pretty in the loop with the idea of getting loaned out I uh, wasn't getting that many minutes uh, in Toronto and it, it, there wasn't really like a light at the end of the tunnel for me it felt like so um a loan from both parties kind of felt the, like the right move um and there's a few few teams kind of floating around, but in the end, Nashville popped up and, and I couldn't be happier that it was them that came in. And yeah, the rest is just, I just been working hard here and, and having a great time with everyone.
1: You've been really successful, two goals and three games, but please tell me, first question, what was going on in the celebration, brother? Well, Like, break it down for me.
2: Um, so I don't like to hype myself up before games. I kind of like to downplay myself. So in the locker room before everyone was talking about what the goal celebration was, but I don't like to get in my head that I'm going to score. So I kind of take that pressure off, I guess. So then eventually I did score, which I had no idea what the celebration was. I knew like half of it, but apparently I was supposed to reenact my goal while they were playing FIFA. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, I, so I, yeah, it was it was confusing. Um, but that's what happened. I, I just like kind of like to downplay myself a little bit so I take that pressure off. Um, but yeah, it's weird, but that's just how I work.
1: I like it. I got a follow up question. Um, Mukhtar, I watched him play in Denmark for for brew Heck of a player. He plays you a, a weighted pass going to your left foot. Now tell everyone and be honest. Did you just slap it as hard as you could or you knew, hey, I'm going near post, top cheese? Uh, or you try to go across the keeper? Because for me, I know I'm a defender, a midfielder. I'm shooting and sometimes I just hit it as hard as I can and try to get my body over and hope for the best. Did you aim to go there or what was it? No,
2: no, I was going far post oh, um, I love it. and it just happened, to, happened to come up a little bit. But it looked nice, so I'll take it. <laughs> you take
1: that, man. A goal a goal, brother.
2: Goals a goal.
0: Yeah, it's, and you're looking good, and I know, uh, you know Jordan uh, has already commented on the start that you've had, and I know it's early in the season, but what do you feel makes Nashville special and can contend this year?
2: Um, I think defensively. Um, we haven't given up a goal yet in three games, uh, so we're, we're really strong defensively, and the counterattack right now we have going is really good as well um as well as just everyone being on the same page from the goalie to the striker we all just we have that one goal i feel like um we don't get on each other we we keep pushing throughout the 90 minutes so it just feels special to be on the field with everyone just just grinding it out or whatever it may be celebrating uh whatever but um yeah it feels it's it's a, it's a special special group here
1: you can see that you can see that there's so much chemistry within the group um Tell me a little bit about or tell us a little bit about Gary Smith, your your manager. Like what effect uh does he have on the group? Well uh, He has a big effect.
2: Yeah, he has a big effect. Um, he's been great. He, he likes to, he gets our the points across uh before going to matches. So we're all on the same page. Uh, obviously it starts with him with with how we're gonna play, what we're gonna do, who we're, who we're lining up against. Um so so he makes it clear how we're going to play what we're going to do and and yeah it's been really helpful
0: jacob we're looking ahead and of course we know it's going to be a really big cycle for the canadian men's national team between i mean nations league is here gold cup there's a chance to play in copa america obviously there's a home world cup there're going to be games played in Canada, and we know John Herdman is always looking for new faces as well. There's going to inevitably be turnover. There's just some older guys too on the team. I know you got a call up, you know, a few years back and had that experience. I guess, firstly, what was that experience like? And secondly, what would it mean to be back with the team?
2: Uh, it's, it's always amazing to be called in. Um, just seeing all the great players that Canada has from overseas. Um, seeing all their amazing abilities that they have, how fast they are, all that stuff. So, it's really cool to see um, the first few times, but I feel like now I'm I'm growing, I'm getting a bit older. So it's more those first few times. It's like, you're, you're almost in awe, but this time I feel like if I get called back or if I like, whenever that may be, I feel like I'll be able to prove myself a bit more rather than just kind of looking around and and just seeing everyone that's there, but more so trying to fit in with them or or trying to compete as well. Um, But it's always an amazing experience.
0: Listen, you're a good Nova Scotia boy, and there was a lot of hype being made there too uh, when Toronto went and played uh, against yeah. Halifax. And I know you had spoken a little bit about it, but I mean, now when you look back on that experience, just the soccer culture that's there and kind of how cool is it to be able to play there?
2: Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, like I've said this before, but growing up, I all I had was not all, but nothing against Acadia, but that's the university that I grew up watching like my brother at, and I thought, those just were like the best players, you know, watching them. I thought it was the coolest thing. Like, I want to do that. Um, so now to have all these young kids in in Nova Scotia, have a professional team with like MLS teams even come in to play them. it's It's got to be one of the coolest things to see um, and really helpful for those young players coming up.
0: Mhm. I know that listen we were we were pretty stoked. I know guys on Toronto FC were happy for you to even be able to go back there and be like this great representative not just for Toronto FC but to the point that you just made for Canadian soccer and that's why I kind of correlate the two between being called up to the national team and just who you are as well and where you've come from and where soccer has grown in Halifax like that's that's part of it right like do you, do you feel i mean i and i know that here you are saying well listen i'd like to get more call ups to the national team but do you already feel the impact that you've had on the soccer community in this country
2: um i'm not i'm not sure yet i guess um i hope i'm having a big impact um but i guess i haven't quite seen a lot of that in Nova Scotia yet for just me. I think I'd like to help out a bit more when I go back home, um, with soccer Nova Scotia. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to be asked to come help out whenever that may be when I'm back home. Cause I'm always free when I go home to help out. And, and I know for myself when I was growing up, I'd always, I would love to have someone come in and either just pick around or talk. So, um, I guess this is like a free invitation if they want to ask me, like whenever I'm home at Christmas, I'm available to come in and help out or say whatever, so
0: Anyone yeah. listening? Anyone? You hey, heard uh, it here hello. First. Is this Mike? Yeah. yeah. Jacob.
1: <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I just want to, uh, as I've retired, I want to right my wrongs and apologize. Um, oh. As a York United player, we played TFC and Can Champs 2021. Um, I was annoyed that Jimbo left me on the bench. Anyways, you were in my way while I started to try to play the, the game faster. And I pushed you out the way, buddy. Um, I just want to apologize and say you're a heck of a player. And I'm sorry for that push. Um, I didn't call you a name, but I pushed you out the way. And now I'm looking at you scoring goals week in, week out. And I'm just like, man, I pushed that guy. I feel accomplished.
2: <laughs> I appreciate the apology. But no, no, no hard feelings here. All um, love, all love. Keep
1: keep, keep killing it, brother. Um, good luck. I have a very good feeling that you'll be wearing the red and white real soon. So mm-hmm. just do your best and keep killing it, man.
2: I appreciate this. Thank Jacob, you, guys.
0: Jacob, your response should have been, what push? <laughs> I didn't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, like you pushed arms? me. I didn't feel is, that. is that what that was? I thought the wind picked <laughs> the up. The wind just hit his jersey <laughs> real quick. <pretty. laughs> uh, Anyways, Jacob, you are a ton of you are a ton of fun to talk to, and I really do hope that out in uh, Halifax they take you up on that offer because I think that would make a lot of young soccer players happy, and we're happy watching you be successful uh, in Major League Soccer. Thanks for taking the time on One Nation. Thank you, guys. Jacob Schaffelberg in the Moulay making an appearance.
1: Good old mullet. I like it. Um, Yeah, sweetheart. Um, We're going to get into that game a little bit, Nashville.
0: Uh, Why not? Because unfortunately, it was against CF Montreal. Yeah. So CF Montreal, still uh, no wins and no goals. That was a 2-0 final uh, in favor of Nashville. Uh, Toronto FC get a draw against Columbus. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'd have to be disappointed, I mean, because they had the lead. And Columbus came on strong, although you could also argue Columbus would probably be very disappointed. They hit the post near the end. Yeah, yeah. we're just giving it to TFC. But that was a a 1-1 draw. So another draw for uh, Toronto. And then Vancouver don't score first. So good news is they didn't give up a lead. Um, You know, they get back in it. But we were really hoping for a win after that 5-0 win in CONCACAF Champions League. But, hey, Vancouver gets a draw, 1-1 against FC Dallas.
1: They hit snooze, Vancouver. Started, uh, I guess, 10 minutes later than, <laughs> than their opponents. But, no, you could see two things stuck out. is You can't start slow. That's mental. Um, but it's, it's an apparent problem, so something that could be fixed, whether you got to be, whether it's your team talk before, whatever needs to be done. It's like you can't start slow. But it's good to have that that. Issues sorted out early in the season. But then also the biggest glaring issue is just defending crosses. You could see, you could see on Dallas, they're like, hey, prep touch, whip it in. Something's gonna happen. And something did happen in the fourth minute. Um, watching the game with with Montreal uh, against Nashville, the Nashville sat all the way back, literally had eight guys behind the ball. In Denmark, there was a phrase called Rasforsvar. Could you say that? Rasforsvar. That's decent. It's just resting defense. That's all it means. It's oh. like What will you do, what's your contingency plan? If something goes wrong, are people in place? Um, And you saw two goals from Nashville, guys breaking forward just because Montreal go a bit too high. They have players a bit forward and then there's one pass, Mukhtar turns, he plays uh, the the mullet magician and and he rifles one up top cheese. So it's just figuring out these little details uh, and I'll let you talk a little bit about TFC, what you thought about the game.
0: I mean, I think it was DeAndre Kerr coming on in. Young boy. Young boy. Said
1: Aconola out, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Play me. Akinola's injured. Diamande injured. He goes on in. Uh, they're playing Oso a little further up as well, but I loved uh, Kerr's composure. I oh, thought he looked good. Oh, the nutmeg too, the salad. Yeah, and they they had some brilliant moments again, just this great little tiki-taka kind of passing. Uh, but for some reason, it just falls apart. Like in the second half, I don't know what it is. There's, it's, uh, if it's, what is it? Is it conditioning? Because all of a sudden, the other team turns on the jets and it's like Toronto can't handle... The pressure, and they just start to panic a little bit. And I thought like Richie was getting bombarded, but Richie Larea was holding his own.
1: I think it could My be goodness. conditioning. Could be, but it's still early, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, thank you to Jacob Schaffelberg for taking the time here thank on you, One Nation. Sorry about the push. He didn't feel. You know. <laughs> Jordan, Andy, One Nation on Take one care,